Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talk Recorded live. Hey everyone, uh, this is Dave AC in the chair for another Cultum Collective podcast. Uh, this is our live episode number seven. We're on Torture ID 54821. Um, we go out 3.30pm Eastern Daylight Time on Sundays. Uh, and uh, please try and join us if you've missed us today. Um, as usual, high jinks at the start of the show. Ian, I am Mambissit, has uh, left the building. He was hit by Thor or Storm or something. He said it was a thunderstorm, but we think uh, some evil genius has uh, taken him out of the game. So uh, it leaves me, Dave AC, to uh, do the hosting and uh, muting and whatever. But I have uh, great help, and I'm just going to unmute Darth if I may first today. Uh, Darth, I'm unmuting you at this point uh, to stand in for Ian, if you wouldn't mind, because of course Darth will be taking the bulk of today's show, which is going to be called Does Superman Suck? Before I go through all the sort of welcomes, titles, chats, do you want to say anything at this moment? I do want to let me get all that stuff out of the way, and then you come in from that point. Well, I'm just glad that if I am standing in for Ian, I don't have to wear the coat. <laughs> but aside from that, uh, we'll just let you power forward. Well done. Right. Well, so we'll start with the uh, um, welcome, everybody. We've got a number of people in the room, which I've just got muted at the moment. And I'll just do a few little housekeeping tasks, if I may. Um, the title uh, that Darth has explained, if you've been to the cultum.com uh, site where the Cultum Chronicles uh, tries to give people a sense of what's happening on these weekly podcasts and we do urge you to check it out and if you're on Facebook we have a, a Cultum Collective Facebook page which uh, there's also lots of information that you can check on, on what's happening. Um, we're going to go in a moment to introduce the people in the room then we'll have news uh, and then we'll go straight into the topic. Now, we usually start these shows with Ian and myself just having a little bit of a banter. Um, I hope he hasn't gone off in a huff. I don't think that's the case. Uh, but one explanation I, I will just make, if I may. Um, I said last on last week's show, if you listened to it, which was an extremely amusing uh, one about uh, children's Saturday morning cult television shows and I do urge you to check that one out it is slightly long at over two hours but it, we had a real whale of a time uh, revisiting old uh, children's cult uh, shows that we used to watch so much so in fact that we will probably be doing a second show soon because we never got round to doing current uh, cult programs that what the teenage that the teenagers are listening to today so um we will be revisiting that. But um, the other thing that I want to just mention is that uh, I was going to give a rather extended report on uh, Hooverville 
the uh, Doctor Who one day exhibition I went to at Ripley in Derbyshire last Sunday. Now I gave a brief report and was going to come back with some more uh, of that today with slightly cleaned up audio. Well, because last week's show ran so long, uh, what Ian and myself have decided to do is we're going to do a studio show later tonight and um, do that. Uh, otherwise, this show is going to be an extra 40 minutes, and I don't want to do that. And the reason why I say 40 minutes is um, I've, I want to talk about the actual event for about 15 or 20 minutes uh, with Ian just uh, quizzing me on that. And then I want to play in full um, the recording of the actual podcaster's session that we did because we were there invited on mass i think there were nine of us on stage talking about uh why we were podcasting and so on and um with the uh, help of um uh adam purcell's uh recording from staggering stories which has also been cleaned up uh a bit more by the um the uh, radio free scaro guys uh and um we, we will be playing that so i hope you will catch that it will be on the TalkShoe page um, and certainly on iTunes uh, in the next day or two. So I've got the six boxer back. Let me see if I can unmute him, see if he's got his sound. Ian? Hello. Oof, relief all round. <laughs> Damn thunderstorms. <laughs> oh, and we were just about to start the show, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yes. I, I just said, because okay, is everybody voice, I think. <laughs> I was like, is everybody ready? <laughs> Out with the power for like a millisecond, and that was enough. And then for some odd reason, even though the computer restarted and everything, I just... Uh, I know what it is. Have you got to torch you the battery boy in your house? Is that what it is? <laughs> <sighs> okay, I don't know how much of that very very fastly garbled uh, intro of mine got through to you, Ian. Is there anything you want to say before we uh, just welcome the people into the room? Um, no, except for I, I do have uh, that that uh, one sound clip queued up for our, our people under the cone of silence. So if you need oh. to play that one, I can. <laughs> okay. But let's move right along. Well, do you want to do that? I've already unmuted Darth. Do you want to do the welcomes? and uh, yes. So it feels as though it was worth the wait for you. Yes, exactly. Okay, welcoming into the room, Mr. Benjamin Elliott. Hello, Benjamin. Hello, Ian. Good to be here. <laughs> I'm glad Beautiful I'm weather, here no interruptions expected. I hope. Uh, hush now. <laughs> Also joining us is Mr. Charlie P. Seventy Nine. Hello, Charlie. Oh, hello. There we go. There's a bit of a delay between me saying it and yeah. Dave hitting the well, button. Well, it's, it's not so much that that when I'm muting them, uh, they hear a voice saying you are now unmuted, so they have to wait for that to end as well. I just, Good. I, uh, I just one thing. I just like to say that it's amazing that this brain of mine can generate enough power to keep me involved in this episode. So thank you for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure having you. You don't need a oh. brain on this show. No. Oh. We yeah, had the, Pinky in the brain the, last week. Yeah, the the hosts are, are a testament to that. <laughs> All right. Also joining us is Logan. Hello, 
Logan. See, I'm saying it slow now because it gives us time. <laughs> Hello, Logan. Hello, guys. How are you today? And glad you can get back on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. that signal coming from Krypton, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. I think Torch should, should come with a health warning, really. <laughs> yes. Also joining us in the room, Mr. Graham Sheridan. Hello, Mr. Sheridan. Hello, all, and good evening. Good evening, <laughs> And we should explain to our uh, long-time listeners, uh, he usually goes under the name of Jokerphile, but uh, he's decided to reveal his secret identity on this very show. <gasps> he took the glasses off and, lo and behold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't got any S on my chest. Just <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's for next week's show. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we'll have to have, rem- I think we'll have, to have Romana remo- unmuted after that one. Yes. Just to have a comment on that. Speaking of which, from all the way across the pond in Australia, it's Romana too. Hello, boys. Hell is one as well. Who is it that stayed up all night reading fan fiction, preparing for next week's show? <laughs> Strictly research. <laughs> a daunting the thing, task. The things she does for this show. The oh, she it, it was tough reading that fan fiction when they were doing that thing. And oh yeah. Anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and after a long absence, please welcome back, Mister Tiggs Panther. Hi everyone, how's it going? Hooray! <laughs> nice to have you back. It's nice to be back. I mean, I wouldn't trade visiting my niece for the world, but I do miss making it to talk show. <laughs> Yay! We're glad you're back, sir. Also joining us in two places at once, Mr. Tim Jury. Hello, Tim. Now, is that the bottom one? Have I done the right one? Yeah, Tim's on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So. My, 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 my fingers and my arms and my hands are recovering from my addiction to the my new addiction that is Beatles Rock Band, but uh, I put it down and it's away and I'm here. <laughs> now, now, which one are you? Are you Ringo or are you... He's best. Well, the guitar <laughs> I invested in is George Harrison, <laughs> which doesn't oh. suit me at all because he's quiet, Beatle. <laughs> he's left down well, as well, isn't he? <laughs> Sorry, that was in bad taste. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. And last but not least, uh, joining us on audio occasionally <laughs> is Howie T. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and, okay, put it under the cone. <laughs> right, are you going to play and, that sound file? And speaking of the cone... Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. Do not overuse the cone of silence. Do not shout in the cone of silence. In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. Get it on TV land. Section 3.6, the portable cone of silence. And speaking of the cone of silence, everybody, please welcome back Mr. Merlin McCarley. Woo-hoo! Hello. 
Hey. Merlin is back. Where he belongs. Sounded like a kind of silence. <laughs> a trailing, That's a trailing is sure. It doesn't sound that way, but it's a compliment. <laughs> Merlin's back soon. Merlin's back, and Merlin's back soon. Yes. <laughs> All hail Merlin. Master of the Cone. Uh, um. As I said, next week's show. Next week's show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also joining uh, joining Merlin under the Code of Silence is Ray Monty. Welcome, Ray. Okay, before we get into the nitty-gritties of this week's topic, it's news time. It's news time. It's news, news time. time. It's news time. This is our new oh. theme. Now, the reason for that slight delay there was that uh, I was entertaining the troops while we were waiting for our uh, colonel's return to the front line, and uh, uh, I'd gone about 15 clips past that one by then. I was Monty's mm. trouble. <laughs> and we need Joe on hand from Flashing Blade, don't we, to just go, this is the news. There you yeah. go. We well, always need Joe show. on hand from the Flashing Blade. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. Next week, <laughs> Uh, normally, as I say, normally at this point, Ian and myself would have a little bit of a, a chat about things uh, while we've got a captive audience. But as I say, we're going to do a special later tonight about the um, um, Hooverville uh, thing. So um, hopefully you, you can find that uh, later on in the week, maybe even uh, sometime tomorrow. Depends how well the wine goes down, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of up-and-coming episodes, just to give everybody this is the only piece of news I have. Uh, join us next week for Samantha's Slash Spectacular. And this it will, will be, be spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be our first adult content episode. Right. Everybody will be typing 18 into the chat. <laughs> and so, so, so while Ian and myself drink a glass of wine, Samantha will pop her cork. I mean, a champagne. Hopefully, we'll be joined by um, Howley as well. Howley is yes. making notes to go with my notes, so we actually have stuff to talk about. And um, I'm hoping everyone will enjoy it. It'll be a very educational um, show. Right. So, just for the sake of clarity, from a, a boy who knows nothing, the show is going to be Howlish slash Samantha, is it? <laughs> no? What? <laughs> I like it. Excuse me, I need to excuse myself. Slash. Slash. Wouldn't that mean that the show's usually I was just in thinking we need, we need Steve Ely off Escape Pod for next week's intro because he starts Escape Pod quite regularly with It's Story Time. <laughs> Sorry, you okay. were saying, Benjamin? Yeah, Wouldn't that mean the show is normally Ian Dave slash? <laughs> well, uh, funny you should say that, but uh, we haven't seen next week's promo yet. <laughs> I think the adult thing's started already. Right, okay, okay. Let's I call that common sense into the room. Okay, and, and, and just mentioning very briefly, so that we can get things moving, um, the following episode on the 27th will be... Has Bond shaken his last martini? 
Um, I have been recently delving into the on-demand section of Comcast and watching uh, James Bond movies and dwelling on the fact that the last two James Bond movies are absolute rubbish. So, we will be oh, discussing I think that. Different and Dark, oh, I would that. go with. <laughs> it just doesn't have time for martinis these days. Too busy killing people. <laughs> Too busy being emo. Yeah, and, 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 and being very angst-ridden. Yeah. It's very topical if you've listened to the latest Podshot 161, where the, some of the uh, items of news, which might be spoilerish, so I won't mention it, but James Bond comes into the conversation relating oh. to Doctor Who. Right. So, um, Jews, moving on. Yeah, to, let the, me play to the, the news before Darth falls asleep. <laughs> yeah, I'll just calm us down a minute. Get us back into work mode. Uh, Benjamin, do you want to go first with your news, please? Sure. Okay. Uh, if you're in the United States and you get BBC America, then tonight, September 13th, at the end of the 13 and a half hour Doctor Who marathon they've been airing all day, and you've been watching it, haven't you? Uh, they're supposed to be having a big new trailer for The Waters of Mars. They're claiming this is a new trailer. We'll see. It'll be right before 8 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S., right before 2 p.m. Hawaii and presumably online after that. And we'll see if it's new or not. Actually, this is the only Doctor Who scheduled news, so since we're behind, back to you. All right. Excellent. And we've got Darth with a little bit of news, I think. Bit of news indeed. Um, we're tiptoeing a little bit around uh, Timothy Dalton, uh, who... It's not really spoilers, because it's been announced officially by the BBC. He, of course, is uh, going to be in uh, the last uh, episodes of David Tennant, but also he has now joined the cast of Toy Story 3. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch him transit to being a voice actor. Uh, we also have a death to report uh, from a sizable fandom that we don't really talk about all that much, the MASH fandom. Unfortunately, Larry Gelbart, who was an influential writer in the uh, first five seasons of that series, has now died. Uh, Larry Gelbart uh, also wrote Tootsie, which I think is his finest work. Um, oh, great film. So uh, he had a nice long life at 81, but sadly, no longer with us. Um, and I think that's just about all I got for you. Okay, thanks, Darth. Uh, but we're coming back to Darth for a great part of the show. Uh, Graham, um, you had something, I think? Yes, and it's news on uh, Terry Pratchett. And it's, well, next month is the release of the new Terry Pratchett book, uh, Ac uh, Unseen Academicals. But to further that, Sky One has actually gone into production for a third uh, Terry Pratchett film, two-parter, called Going Postal. That's from the 35th uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld novel. And the uh, the main news at the moment is that the main stars have been uh, now at last been cast. Richard Coyle, who's uh, me uh, more known for being in Coupledom, it's the guy with the curly hair, it's basically the idiot the whole time, and Claire Foy, who are le uh, playing the lead roles of uh, Moist from Litvig, that's been played by Richard Coyle, and Adore Bell Dearheart, that's from Claire, uh, Claire Foy. Also, actors uh, David Suchet, uh, as my, uh, one will remember from being Poirot, has reached a guilt. And the role of Lord Veterinari has a change. Uh, it goes from being uh, Jeremy Irons, who I thought was a really good definitive um, Lord Veterinari, to Charles Dance. Also, as Lord Veterinari's assistant, Steve Pemberton from uh, the League of Gentlemen and Psychoville fame, uh, will be also starring. And finally, uh, most uh, 
person of note here is then Andrew Sachs, who uh, well known as uh, the uh, stumbling Spanish waiter from uh, Faulty Towers, will be playing Groat. Taiwan uh, HD will be premiering next year, and by the looks of it, they say spring 2010, so we'll be looking at Easter. So for the moment, that's the end of my news. Oh, okay. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, have, have you seen uh, whether we unmute Howley? Are um, there's some news about David Tennant way, way back. <laughs> I found it. Um, Go on, Samantha. I didn't, yeah. wasn't really aware of this news myself, but um, I just a part of the live journal community about David Tennant. So, well, they switched the find. Um, it's. The news is David Tennant is to star in a BBC4 um, dramatisation of John Sendrick's Of Men and Of Mice and Men. Um, I don't know much about it. I'm just kind of reading what this post says. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be. I don't know. Sorry, I haven't read let, this. I have read got, this before. I've, I literally started talking. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me take over there, if, if, if I may. Yes, please. Uh, David yes, Tennant please. is a star in the BBC4, uh, Radio 4, dramatisation of John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men. The Doctor Who star will play George Milton opposite uh, Liam Brennan as Lenny Small uh, in the story of two migrant workers in the 1930s California who dream of owning a place of their own. Well, whose dream of, eh, of owning a place of their own is destroyed. Um, Tennant's previous uh, Radio 4 plays have included The Wooden Overcoat by Pamela Branch uh, in the Saturday play slot of 2007. Um, so you can get more information on this on uh, the Guardian's website, www.guardian.co.uk. And the other piece of news Howley's put in there is what? Uh, H2G2, released in October. Does that refer to the site or what? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but which one? There was supposed to be a new version coming out, uh, not written by Douglas Adams, but actually uh, written by uh, another ghost, uh, well, a ghostwriter as such. Um, but uh, Eric, yeah, Eric, Oyerin Colfer. Um, right. So uh, he's okay. basically taking on for where the fifth book left off, but I didn't actually think after the fifth book and everything's been destroyed, there'd be anything left to take off with. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'll just finish off with the news uh, for people who live in the UK. Uh, on Saturday the 19th, um, the new series of Merlin uh, starts back on Yay! BBC One at 6.40. So I think that is Series 3. Um, and the main characters, the main cast, seem to be uh, returned. Um, I've got a little item here, but I'm not sure whether I should read it because it might be slightly uh, spoilish. But um, meanwhile, Merlin is grooming the prince for power, although Uther, Uther, oh, Anthony yeah. Head's health suggests he won't become King Arthur until at least series 30. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, Sorry, uh, and that's it looks, absolute perfect timing with the Slash show because Merlin and Arthur is one of the biggest Slash out there. <laughs> Right. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> Even the dragon ships them. <laughs> oh, <Ooh>, right. Slash <laughs> dragon. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to mention that. <laughs> right. Already. Have we got that? Can we go to the main sensible part? And I don't know whether 
uh, Garth wants to uh, take over from here. <laughs> Please save us all. (laughs) Well, I have to wake up at some time, so why not now? (laughs) Yes! Um, Okay, fair enough. Um, You know, it's been um, about 70 years since we first heard this story. In the endless reaches of the universe, there once existed a planet known as Krypton, a planet that burned like a green star in the distant heavens. There, civilization was far advanced, and it brought forth a race of supermen whose mental and physical powers were developed to the absolute peak of human perfection. But there came a day when giant quakes threatened to destroy Krypton forever. One of the planet's leading scientists, sensing the approach of doom, placed his infant son in a small rocket ship and sent it hurtling in the direction of the Earth just as Krypton exploded. The rocket ship sped through star-studded space landing safely on Earth with its precious burden, Krypton's sole survivor. A passing motorist found the uninjured child and took it to an orphanage. As the years went by and the child grew to maturity, he found himself possessed of amazing physical powers. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. The infant of Krypton is now the man of steel. Superman! Yet, you know, at the same time, it's also been about 30 years since we had a Superman film that was both critically and financially successful. Batman, Iron Man, Spider-Man, and the X-Men have since had profitable films that also tickled the critics. Meanwhile, Superman has rarely been so integral to the DC comic book franchise. He stood proudly at the nexus of the Infinite Crisis revamp in 2005, and all of the tremors subsequently felt in the DC universe since then. New Superman titles come out every few months, and related merchandising still is among the hottest stuff in the comic book franchise market. On TV, Superman has enjoyed much latter-day success, both in animation and in Smallville, the longest-running live-action version of the character. So why can't Man of Steel also be the Man of Celluloid? We're going to talk about that, and then after join over the prospects of the film Kryptonium, we'll take a look at some of the other major comic book film franchises and discuss what they've been doing right. Then at the very end, we're going to wrap up with a little game to determine who really is Hollywood's most powerful hero. So I'll start with a very basic question to gauge the level of interest in Superman. Is there any particular Superman film you remember being absolutely blown away by? We'll start with Ian. The the first one, I mean, I I was going over this topic in in my head, and you know, I've read the odd Superman comic in my time, and had the odd annual here and there, but I still hearken back to when the first movie came out, and the effect it had on me as a kid, and after seeing it, you know, going to and from the kitchen pretending to fly. Um, and the thing I wanted for for my birthday was the Superman cape. Um, To me, that's when Superman was good. Um, That's the one that still sticks in my head uh, as being the best. Yeah. I mean, partly it's because of, you know, the age I was when it was, you know, when it came out. Um, But I'd far rather watch that than, than... any of the Superman movies. Right. Romana, what about you? Sorry? Is, is um, it, sorry, I didn't mean to wake you up. 
Although I've been very distracted tonight. I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> no more research for next week. We're on this week. <laughs> God help it. Anyway, go on. Sorry. No, no. So can, can you remember being particularly thrilled by any Superman movie? I remember the... Is this the... Which one's the one with the earthquake in it? Is that the Superman... First That's the first, first slash second one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't say slash. That. You'll get her started. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I remember that movie freaking the crap out of me when I was a kid. It was the really? scene with um, Lois in the car as she's kind of falling underneath into the earth as the earthquake's happening. Yeah. I, that, that's, a, that's a childhood nightmare memory of mine <laughs> that I have. Um, mm. Other than that, I was never really into superheroes because, yeah, I was kind of a girl. So, um, But, um, yeah, I like Batman. But I... <laughs> yeah. Batman, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Tim, yeah, what about you, sir? Ooh. See, it's hard to name one. But the, 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 the first one's very good. Mm-hmm. And as I said, in, as I said in the chat, I have fond memories of Superman Three because there's a lot of computer stuff in it, albeit very dated now. Right. And Richard Pryor is always very, very good value, and he's particularly good value in that. <laughs> Charlie, have you got any particularly fond memories of uh, Superman movies? Well, uh, the first Superman movie I saw was the second one. Hmm. And I remember, I remember um, ABC showing that one, and Superman three quite a bit. I remember, they, but more Superman two than Superman three. And I showed them showing that quite a bit. So I remember seeing that, you know, quite a bit. And you know, I, and you know, my favorite part was the whole uh, Superman and the three uh, villains in Metropolis. That was like my favorite bit in the whole movie. You know, we see, you know, the whole you know, you know Superman punches, you know. Nah, I need to fly into the Empire State Building, but, you know, and all that stuff. I thought I thought that was great. And then, but you know, I, I mean, it's Superman too, and, and so and then I saw you know the first Superman quite a bit later. I mean, I was still like I was probably like ten years old or so. And there were things like you know when you know seeing like Marlon Brando in the movie, and like whoa, who's <laughs> Marlon Brando? You know, Superman's dad. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, you know and then. And then you know, seeing Superman uh, turn back time, flying around. You know, people. You know, people say, "Oh, that's kind of." Dumb. I thought it was awesome. I never seen that before. So yeah, I mean, those are my sort of fond memories. You know, the, uh, you know, the first two movies I really, I really, really liked as a kid. Right. Now, Dave, you're a long-time fan of science fiction. When you saw Superman one for the first time, Ooh. was it a revelation or was it just yeah. sort of okay? No, it absolutely fantastic. Um, it was a. The point was, uh, in those days, I think they made films for fans. Uh, I, I mean, uh, the parallel I would draw is like the first Star Trek movie, where they spent about 20 minutes just flying around the Enterprise because everybody wanted to see it realised in such magnificent form. So when the Superman came along, it was just marvellous to see. You know, the, the the hoardings used to say, you know, you will believe a man can fly. And I was absolutely convinced. I mean, when he shoots off up from the pavement, directly up, and the helicopter's falling or whatever it is, uh, and the other, I thought there was only one duff moment in the whole of the first film. Um, well, there was uh, there was one where it sort of dragged slightly, where, uh, where the ship was coming to earth and there was great... 
storytelling going on as uh, Superman's father is supposed to be educating him while he's uh, flying through all these different um, galaxies towards our galaxy. Uh, and I think they got that right this time. It was going from galaxy to galaxy. They always seem to mess that up with a lot of mm -hmm. science fiction mm -hmm. um, when it's actually not intergalactic space. But anyway, uh, uh, but the only actual thing they messed up for me, I didn't like him trying to outrun the train or whatever it was. That was the only fake-looking part to me. But everything else was believable. I loved um, the uh, Superman's... I shouldn't say... Clark Kent's father... Uh, and I can't just remember his name at the top of my head at the moment, but he was stunning in the role of, of his uh, his stepfather, should I say. Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I loved it because the whole point was, with the first Superman film and the first um, Star Trek film, you know, it was made for the fans. They knew people had been waiting 10, 20, 30 years, if you're obviously old enough, uh, and they delivered. So I absolutely... The other films, there were parts that I liked. Uh, um, obviously, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, but mm. um, so I won't say them now. But as a whole project, uh, the first one was the only complete film, I thought. Right. Now, Graham, let me switch up the, the question here for you a little bit and yep. say if uh, one is a movie you have no desire to see and 10 is one that you're going to make sure that you're there for a midnight debut. Where, in general, would a Superman film rank for you? Uh, it all depends, really. Um, so far, mm -hmm. uh, the, first, uh, the first three, luckily from the first two of the first three, I, was actually, I actually got to see them in the cinema, and they would be about eight. But mm -hmm. uh, the last one, I had actually read the reviews, and it actually, for me, it'd be a one. I, wouldn't, I didn't really want to see it. I actually picked it, I picked it up on DVD to watch it, mm -hmm. uh, flicked through, and after about half an hour, I switched off. Wow. Which is about it. Uh, but uh, as we're going about the uh, movies, uh, there <laughs> was a Superman straight-to-DVD animated title called Superman's Doomsday. Right. So that blew me away. That Did was it? brilliant. That's done. That was done around the uh, the whole um, Death of Superman uh, catalog, which have actually right. got uh, the actual Death of Superman uh, black um, mm -hmm. plastic cover uh, cover comic. I've actually got sat in my cupboard here. But yeah. it was very well done, and uh, I've got to recommend watching that. But as far as the franchise is going at the moment, uh, I think they tried too much. Uh, tried to go with the wow factor. It just didn't happen. Well, I'm going to stay with you there for a second, just to follow up. What is it about Superman Doomsday that uh, appealed to you immediately, whereas Superman Returns really didn't? Uh, it may be the fact that I actually sort of roughly knew the story at uh, the back of my head before I started to watch it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was the it's the bet that everybody again goes through this doom and despair, and uh, Lex Luthor's back on top, and Superman is dead, and then. He appears to come back from the dead, but it's a fake Superman that Lex Luthor's created, and it's just more of a—it's a deeper story. There's, there's there's more levels to the story, and as much as I like to, uh, as films say, like a an Adam Sandler film, you can you sit there with your brain disengaged and watch it and enjoy it. Uh, Superman for me, there has to be a few more levels to it. The the original films always had that. Uh, the first three, well, I say the original films. There are the ones from the uh, from the 50s and uh, before. Uh, but they're always they're always a bit deeper uh, in in how they were put together. 
It wasn't just like uh, A to B to C. Uh, right. Like you know, like some people would say, The Lord of the Rings is just a movie, uh, just three movies about walking. You know, uh, um, <laughs> it's it's pretty much. I, I like more the. Uh, I think the second film, uh, the second um, Hollywood produced film, was probably my favourite, uh, just for the fact that there was three uh, adversaries uh, that are definitely on the same level, and you didn't know whether Superman's going to get through it until the end of the movie. And with Superman turns, it was it was flat from from the first minute onwards. Fair enough. Logan, let's go back to... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead there, uh, Ian. Uh, having actually seen um, Doomsday as well, I mean, I'd have to agree with you there, Graham. Um, and one of the things that, that I wanted to add as far as having watched you know, the, the cartoon version of Superman, and they pretty much bring all the characters over the same from the, from the animated series, is... The difference between that and Superman Returns is Lex Luthor isn't a schlocky B-movie villain like he was in Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. He's a smart businessman um, in, in Doomsday, and in the movie he's just comic relief. He's a exactly. real estate developer, and, and it, you know it was ridiculous. But like Graham was saying, there are far more many far more levels to this animated special than there were to this modern update version of Superman which should have been should not could have been should have been so much more and that considering that the guy was the uh, Brian Singer was the director I mean look what he did with X-Men I know I was expecting so much I got bored with him this first half hour oh come on yeah Right. I, I think I, I think I did actually fall asleep during part of it, <laughs> <laughs> or most of it. I don't know. Yeah. It's not just me that's on sound at the cinema. <laughs> right. Now, Logan, let's go back. If again, if uh, one is a movie that you have no desire to see, and ten is one you've got to see, uh, where does a Superman film rank for you? Uh, I'd, I'd probably say about a seven or an eight, depending on what I've seen from the reviews, stuff like that. Superman mm-hmm. has never been one of my favorite heroes, really? but but he is up there. Right. Um, I mean, Batman will always be, especially with the new Batman and everything, it'll always be top of the line for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman is probably like third or fourth down in my list of favorite heroes. So, well, Let's hover on that point for a little bit. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, I, I grew up with Green Lantern. Bat- ah. Green Lantern and Batman were always my two favorite heroes. Okay. And now Wolverine and the X-Men have, have come into that since I picked them up a couple of, about ten years ago or so. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Superman just falls into about fourth place. Right. It always was, with with Batman, here's a man who has no powers whatsoever, and he can take out pretty much anyone. Superman, he was just always so overpowered, and really there was no threat to him. And I didn't like that as a superhero. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you that because I love Green Lantern as well. If uh, the new Green Lantern movie, and Mm -hmm. uh, let's say that there's a hypothetical Superman movie out there. Let's say that they come out, and they would never do this, but let's say they come out on the same day. And you hear through reviews that the Superman movie is really good, and you hear that the Green Lantern movie is sort of good. Which one are you going to see first? Green Lantern. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just because of the fact we, we've seen four Superman movies now, we've seen a number of TV series, we've seen the animated series and everything, you haven't seen a live-action Green Lantern. And with all the 
the things they can do with the power ring. That would right. be my first thing is to go see that movie. Hmm. Now, Ryan, and I'm, I'm curious how, how Ryan Reynolds is going to do. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Now, Romana, you, you've professed not being a comic book fan many times on this show before, so I, I have to ask you yeah. this same question, too. Um, yeah? New Superman movie comes out. How long is it going to be until you see it in the, in the cinemas? Um, probably see it at all. I still have not seen Superman Returns. Right. Yeah. Although, um, yeah, Superman, I don't know. Even though the... Supernet, it was filmed in Sydney, and I was curious to see, like, the, see if I could spot all the locations. Right. I do remember when I was working in the city at a time, um, the day I didn't go into work was the day they closed off the train station right near my work for filming, and I was so annoyed. But, um, mm-hmm. anyway, um, <laughs> but you yeah, know, I still haven't seen it in the cinema. I don't think I've ever sat through an entire Superman movie, ever. All right. Where I so- have Batman. Right. Yeah. So I'm a little curious because, you know, your background is largely in anime and in, in manga. So it's not like you're completely outside the, the shell of superheroes in general. What is yeah. it about what is it about Superman or what does Superman lack that, you know, other anime things that you can think of have? What's what's the missing element? I really don't know. Um, hmm. I just don't think I've ever really been into um because in anime and manga, there's never really, like, there's no real superheroes, per se. Right. Um, there's pretty much just people with special powers doing really impossible things. Um, but they're not actually, you know, they don't, they're not, like, got special... Oh, it's kind of hard to explain, but... um, But I don't know, I've just never really been a huge, hugely into um, the... Maybe it's the American way of storytelling with right. superheroes. Maybe uh-huh. that's got something to do with it. Maybe that's something I've just never really been into. Maybe it's the art style. I don't know. It's just something I've never really gotten into. Um, mm-hmm. Comics in general. Really. Right. Although I'm starting to now, a friend, some good friends of mine have um, been pretty big into comics their whole lives, and they're just getting me start. They've introduced me to like you know Watchmen and stuff like that. So, so slowly getting there. But I don't think I'm ever going to be a huge comic book fan per se. Right. Now, Tiggs, um, let's talk a little bit more specifically about the latest entry, about Superman Returns. Uh-huh. When you heard of Superman Returns, you, you got the, the trailer movie poster, you've also got the trailer itself coming out. Um, before there's any reviews about it or anything, were you interested? Were you apathetic? Were you salivating? Or were you just sort of rolling your eyes? I think, to be honest, I sort of missed out a lot on all of the all the hype to do with it um i'll admit that over the past few years i've not really you know i don't like going to the cinema right I, you know i am not a cinema goer when i see film until this year when i see films i wait until they're on dvd because i don't like going into the cinema and i don't usually have people to go with and back then that was definitely the case so i just thought you know what i'll get around to seeing it when i when I see it, and I think that sort of worked to my favour because every bit of hype had been completely killed off. So by the time I did see it, I had no expectations and rather loved it. Hmm. Now, Ben said something very interesting here in the chat. My, ben, what's this about a connection between Superman and Fear Her from Doctor Who? Okay. Well, yeah, the first Superman film I saw was Superman 3. 
And sports flaws, I would say in many ways it's a relatively strong film in the set because of some of the characters. And what they do with Superman, he has a bit of a personality issue in parts of the film without wanting to spoil what's happening to him too much. I mean, the film's only 26 years old. I'm sure some people will see it soon. But um, (laughs) at one point, Superman uh, goes to the 84 Olympic Games, and he just, uh, you know, and you know Superman, uh, truth, justice, American way, just uh, flies around and just casually blows out the Olympic torch to the horror of the spectators. And I, and I must admit, I thought that was a rather, I thought that was a rather funny moment. I thought it was a rather cool moment. I, a real sense of what happened to Superman, plus the fact that uh, the Olympics, you know, when something gets pompous enough, it needs to have a little joke played on it. Mm-hmm. Flash forward ahead to 2006, and Doctor Who, the Doctor, a character who you would expect to blow out the Olympic torch, instead marches it down to the stadium, gets up to the stadium, goes woohoo, and puts the torch in. To be fair, it was probably just David Tennant. <laughs> it's sort of thing you could expect David Tennant to do, but not quite what you expect the doctor to do. I actually liked Peter Her better than many people, but it was really a moment where I thought that Superman had it right and Doctor Who had it wrong, and it was interesting how it was an exact reverse. And I, how I could instantly catch it, even though it was so many years between my first viewings of the two stories. And it just brought Superman 3 up that little bit more in my mind. Plus, you have to love Richard Pryor as a villain. That's strange, Benjamin. And before, I mean, I, I can see what you're saying about that, but when, when I saw the text, I was thinking that you were going to refer to the fear her part where... Um, the, the people are put on, into the paper like Superman being taken to the Phantom Zone. So that uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was the parallel you were going to draw. Uh, what can I say? The Phantom Zone for Superman, even with Smallville, which I've been watching, somehow the Phantom Zone never comes across as that interesting. You know, okay, we're no, going to get parallel. out of the and you just you just black I just blank it out of my mind for some reason. But it was the two <laughs> dimensional the two dimensionality of it, where in the fear they're in a two dimensional drawing, where in the uh, in the phantom zone they're captured by that two dimensional pain. Mm. Yes. I was just awesome listening enough. to what Ben said about fear her, and I thought just me again then that likes fear her. No, <laughs> Especially I, I the moment where the Olympic torch got lit. Even though I thought at the time, as I was watching it, I thought, that's extremely cheesy. I'm waiting for the comeback on that one. And I was right. <laughs> now, Tim, since you've got the floor there, what was your reaction in, in the run-up to Superman Returns? Before any reviews hit, were you, were you excited? Were you not excited? It was a matter of curiosity amongst anything else, because I get mm-hmm. the sort of magazines where a few months before a movie comes out, there'll be the first pictures, like um, Superman Returns did some location filming, and mm-hmm. so the, the the Superman suit was revealed, and so everyone was going, ah, oh, the S is the wrong size on his chest, and ah, oh, it's not the right colour, and all this sort of it's stuff. And I was going, and, yeah, and I was going, yeah, but is he any good at playing Superman? <laughs> right. And so out of curiosity, I went to see it, rather than necessarily out of huge fandom as Superman, because... I grew up watching the Christopher Reeve movies, and I rather liked Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. And 
they're only making more Superman movies at all, or even one, just because there's a possibility of making money out of it, right. rather than any artistic integrity. And uh, I thought it was all right, but I think it says a lot that I bought the Blu-ray of it, and it's still sitting in a pile of unwatched Blu-rays on the other side of this room. <laughs> right. But um, I, I, I didn't hate it. It had its moments. Right. I, I, didn't didn't entirely dislike the plot. I thought there was some good ideas in there, but I wasn't overly fond of the guy who they had playing Superman. What Brendan Mill? Yeah, I thought he was. And 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 did did didn't the news slip of a few weeks back that his contract's now expired, and so he'll not be Superman if they make one next what? year or whatever. Right, or at least they'll have to recontract him if that's what they want to do. But mm-hmm. see, in the intervening time, there's also been some news that really probably Tom Welling is going to be it. I don't know. Um, we're in sort of a, a nebulous time. Ian, your reaction, and maybe that of your of your kids, to the rollout of Superman Returns was it was it something? Oh, you've really got to go see, or not so much? Um. Well, uh, <laughs> like Tiggs, I tend not to see things in the theater too much. Right. I think the last like mm-hmm. uh, midnight showing I went to was for uh, the last Lord of the Rings movie. Um, uh-huh. And I, wa- I was kind of excited for it, mainly because hey, it's Superman, Superman's back, and um, Brian Singer was directing, and he did such a fantastic job with, with the X-Men. Um but after seeing it, I, I, I mean, my son wasn't that excited. I mean, he's like, oh, Superman, you know, he'd watch the cartoons on TV, but he's, he's not as big into to, the superheroes as I am, so I can understand that. But now, if you, here's an analogy I was thinking of uh, yesterday. If you were to put two Superman movies in front of me, and one was Superman Returns, and the other was The Quest for Peace. Which one do you think I'd pick to watch? You? Uh, Quest for Peace. Yes, I would far rather sit through (laughs) Quest for Peace. Wow. Then watch Superman Returns again. Okay, which which brings you know the the real question of the whole episode, and that is, is there anybody who likes Superman Returns? Me. Oh, okay. I hear Tig. Okay, I hear Okay. Two of us. Who's the? Who's that? Okay. Logan. Logan. All right. We'll start with Tiggs, because I heard that verse, that voice first. Why did you like <laughs> Superman Returns? I, when, I, when I watched it, um, I enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't okay. the, you know, it wasn't the best film in the world. You know, there were definitely things where I think that they could have done better, but, and, you know, I will admit I didn't exactly go into it with high expectations, but I went in, just expect, you know, got it on a cheap DVD, and I thought, well, this will pass an hour or two enjoyably and it did and you know right. I do rather, I do rather like it um, in a way to me it always came over as the start of a series or at least the restart of a series and like a lot of starters it wasn't hugely strong I saw in a lot of potential of what could have come later it's just unfortunately it didn't do well enough to get that later but them's that, the breaks that's a fascinating reaction since in at least from the perspective of the director and the writer is actually Superman 3. Um, that it's not the start of a new thing. It's the continuation of the Richard Donner stuff. Logan, why, why did you like it? 
Well, I mean, I liked it for some various reasons. Uh, there was, mm-hmm. like was said, there was a lot of stuff wrong with the film, but it was the first Superman film in almost twenty years. Right. So I mean, it was bringing back a character, a character like I said, he's not my overall favorite, but he he is up there in the top four or five. After seeing Superman four and how that was completely an insult, in my opinion, to to moviedom, this one it tried to come back. It was serious. They made some changes. But instead of ignoring those changes in there, they even tried to incorporate it. Like having Perry White make a comment, where did he get his new suit? Stuff like that. So yeah, it felt like a reboot, but at least they tried to incorporate that and try to bring a serious tone. And, I mean, there were some changes in there that could have been done, but I thought it was probably about a 75 out of 100 for me. Okay. Now, I, there was a third voice in there, and I'm sorry I didn't recognize was it. That was me. Oh, yeah. Me. Go, Dave. Well, I, 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 actually, uh, Six Panther virtually said exactly what I would say about it. I mean, mm-hmm. admittedly, I, I watched it, all the other three films I'd seen at the cinema, and maybe uh, my expectations were lower for that fourth film. Uh, the, but I thought the, the actor did excellently. But I think mm-hmm. if there's anything wrong with the film, it was that he was given the wrong instructions, because basically mm-hmm. he was trying to be Chris, uh, Christopher Reeve. He was mm-hmm. doing... A, a great imitation of Christopher Reeve. Now, some people would argue that's not the best way to go. I mean, the different people who've played Batman haven't all played it in the same way. I tried to recapture the performance of an earlier actor. It seemed to me as though uh, Brendan Routh, uh, you know, he had the uh, he had the build, he had the uh, the look, and it and it sort of got back a little bit. To that innocence. Now, whether you like it or not, about the Superman storyline, and I'm not talking about the the more uh, the comics that have perhaps gone a long way from that that I'm not aware of. But right. basically, uh, Superman was that clean cut, a more innocent world. Uh, and uh, I mean, for instance, uh, going back to the very first one, the way that he, he quite easily tells um, the reporter that you know he can't see through lead. Yeah, yeah. Give the baddies, uh, you know, tell them how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no way now in the sophisticated world, if a hero did that in the cinema, everybody in the audience had grown and saying, well, you've just handed them, you know, you've just given them a weapon, you know, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. So uh, I thought it was the nearest. To the, I would put the first one as the best and the fourth one as the, uh, the second best. Really? But not, not, Not that close to it. But the second huh. best of. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I, just to interject a little bit of what I thought, I, I actually loved it, um, and, and I especially loved it if you watch the the Richard Donner cut of Superman two, and you watch one, two, and uh, Superman five, I guess, in a row. Um, it makes a good deal of narrative sense. Uh, if there's a mistake, it might be that they were trying to make a sequel out of something that was now 20 years old, and that's a little bit hard to do. But I, th- the scene where he rescues the airplane mm. it, it is, to me, the best um, effect of Superman's true power on film. It, it's a really tense scene. Whether the the rest of the movie holds up to that, I don't know. But that that one scene of rescuing the airplane is like, wow, this really is Superman. Yeah, um, but you're but you're right. It is rather like it is rather like casting Richard Hurdnell to play the first Doctor and comparing him to William Hartnell. It is a, an odd yeah. imitative effect. 
Right. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and I think a lot of people thought that they used like sixty percent of the budget for that one special effect. Right. Yeah, yeah that's what. It, Ian, you were going to say something there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, having said that, I don't like Superman Returns. I have to agree on points that people have brought up that that there are triumphs of it. For example, that opening scene—that's what gets you going. You're like, oh, yeah. That's cool. That's Superman. There, there you go. He's back, and you've even got the fanfare going on in the background. And you're like, yes, Superman's back. And Brandon Routh, I think, did a good job. I because I mean, to me, Superman is these two people. He's Superman plus he's Clark Kent. And the 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 thing for me is that um, seeing whether he could pull off the the duality of those two characters, and and he did it really well. I mean. You're suppo- I mean, you know it, looking at him, that Clark Kent is Superman. Everybody knows it except Lois. Um, <laughs> but the, the sheer fact is you you got to kind of look at him and go, you know, why can't people tell? And, and I think he pulled it off really well. Um, and so that was another thing that, that was, I think, you know, I wouldn't blame the what I hated about the movie on, on Brandon Routh because I think he did a good job he he was a good Superman uh, he was a good Clark Kent and you know that part at least was a success but unfortunately the movie that was built around him mm, not so much he, yeah. he was told to reprise Christopher Reeve's style wasn't he and if that was the direction <laughs> he was given he actually achieved that whether that was the best thing for the movie is obviously debatable yeah. Well, well I mean, for, oh, for me, yeah, that would be the way to do it because I think for so many people, Christopher Reeve, and at least for me, Christopher Reeve is Superman. Mm, he, right. you, I think his portrayal was lifted right out of the comic book. He had the the build jaw. I mean, when when he was Superman, he you couldn't see any Clark Kent there. He was fabulous. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the things that I mean that would be the other reason why I would pick Quest for Peace is because it's got Christopher Reeve in it and he's fantastic. Right? Can I come in again there because uh, what, yeah, what sure. Benjamin said about the fear here, that what Ian's just said there, I can picture the scene where in Utopia, Professor Yana, with just a look in his eye, changes into the character he really is. And exactly like um, in the first Superman film, uh, he's standing in front of uh, Lois, is wittering away, and he's stooped and he's stare, and just he's, he's bracing to tell her something that he's going to reveal his Superman, and he just straightens up his chest, and even though he's in Clark Kent's clothes, he's Superman in Clark Kent's clothes, and then just as she's about to turn around again, he shrinks back into it, uh, and and that was a parallel I saw when I watched uh, Utopia. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, whether we like it or not, um, Superman Returns is being abandoned as a, a way forward for the franchise, and uh, Warner Brothers has until 2013 to come up with something new if they want to keep the original film rights that they had. Um, and I'm going to turn to Benjamin Elliott now, uh, who is a, you know, a writer of some repute and also a student of drama and television, and ask 
if you were in charge of this franchise, how would you change it to make it more interesting to a broader swath of the public? Whoa, that's a... That's a big one. Dangerous question. <laughs> yeah. well, Give um, him the easy ones, why don't you? I know. Don't worry, I'm asking well, others, so everybody start thinking. Oh, yeah. Well, I think I would try something a little bit different. I would figure... Well, first off, I don't think that the comics and the TV show and the movies have to be wedded to each other. I've heard of them changing comics and things to try to make them match one continuity to another. And since they keep on getting changed anyway, you're just creating heartbreak and you're hurting fans who are reading current stories to throw in extra changes on them. So I'd stop that practice. You don't have to add Smallville characters to the comic strips. But um, I think... I think the way forward for the movies, if they want to be clever, you have a TV show, Smallville. It's had its ups and its downs. You have an actor who's proven incredibly loyal. Uh, so I would bring, I would make this, the movie franchise off of Smallville. I would have Smallville come to a natural end and get the actors to agree do the movies, I would get the permission for the Smallville characters to finally acknowledge that it's Superman. And maybe and take the facts and take the changes in the Smallville universe that have modernized that show a bit and do them in the films. Maybe the Superman costume is going to be a bit different when he finally puts on the costume. Maybe he's not going to be wearing tights this time around. Because tights aren't don't have a lot of respect at the moment. You know, just Move it forward, work off, use the character you have, the character that's been successful, and graduate him. And the, let's face it, the Star Trek films, most of the Kirk Spock Star Trek films were rather successful. They were very successful for that franchise, and they helped create the interest that resulted in Next Generation and all the other Trek shows. I think that you could use Smallville. Grand films from Smallville. Cool. And you could also well, do your, and you could also make films around. Uh, oh darn, I'm forgetting the guy, Green, the Green Arrow guy. Yeah. Graduate to a film franchise. You can do a lot with what you have there. That that's certainly a, a, an active idea that's being floated around. Um, Logan, you're obviously a big fan of the DC universe. How would you try to rewrite Superman films so that they have a broader appeal? Okay. Hello? Okay. Or, uh, Romana, since you're not a fan, what do you think that they could do to make you a fan? Um, I really don't know. Hmm. Especially where her question. mind is right now. It's yeah. a really loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, you, I just come up with a really, really weird thing, and I, yeah, I can't think straight right now. Well, uh, I blame yeah. you, Ben. I think her mind's on other things searching on the chat. I think we know that her answer is to include Batman in a very special way. We had uh, Charlie muted for quite some time. Uh, ah. You haven't addressed anything to him I'm yet? I'm so sorry, Charlie. How would oh, you go forward? Um, just, you know, you know, make, make, make it just make it simple. Make it make it accessible to to, uh, 
to most people, but you know, still make it good. You know, don't, you know, don't you don't have to reference, you know, the Christopher Reed movies. You don't have to reference, you know, all you know all that stuff. Just you know, you know, make up it as you go. Make up your own uh, mythology. You know, just mm. you know, yeah. That's that's basically what I what, that that was my that would be my um, suggestion if I if I was running the Superman universe. Just throw everything out. Start from scratch. Right. Now, I, to, I've to, got an idea. Oh, please, oh, yeah. go ahead, Dave. Well, well, there's two ways they can take it. One way I hope they don't take it, although I know there's quite a few fans of that. One would actually not to be not to have a Superman-only film, but go with the you know the the League of Justice League of America or Justice whatever it is. League of America. Yeah, with with, with <sighs> the whole group, which would have pleased the children. But what I would rather do is have a big opening scene like they did with with the Brendan Routh film. But in such a way that the only way that whatever the threat is to Earth, the only way Superman can deal with it is he has to travel faster than light, which means that he somehow, um, for want of a better word, crash lands back in the 1950s. So, you know, he's saved our present day Earth. Mm -hmm. Doing that has taken him into some sort of time vortex. He crashes in uh, Iowa or wherever it is. Obviously, loses his memory. So you've got a relearning process. Obviously, he's going to get back at the end because he's going to rediscover slowly his skills. But basically, he's going to be, you know, uh, some some a little bit like um, the uh, Starman film with Jeff Bridges, is it? Where basically mm-hmm. he's only learning how to use his human thing, and then he eventually gets back to the crater. Uh, and he gets home. Um, so a story like that, so you take him away from all the Moggendale paraphernalia, take his abilities away from him in the effect that he doesn't know he's got the abilities, um, uh, and do it like that, uh, but have a, a reason why. So he saves the world, that throws him 50 years into the past, he's befriended by somebody on Earth, wherever, and done. Perhaps That's a simple story, but... So, so it's an origin story that is not the origin story. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Now, Tig, some people say that the uh, franchise needs to go darker. That that's the lesson from The Dark Knight Returns and Batman Begins, is that you you need to give Superman a harder edge. Would you agree with that or disagree with that? For Superman, I think I disagree. Because um, I don't think... I don't think Superman could easily work in a world that dark, um, at least not for a, a solo Superman film. You know, I've heard him described as, you know, the superpowered Boy Scout, which in a way he is. Mm. And Superman has to be that kind of that beacon of light because that's sort of what he is. Now, if you're wanting to do Justice League, and obviously you've then got to like have you know Superman and Batman coexisting, and in a joint or group film, Superman would work in a darker setting because he is like the one who is kind of the Boy Scout in the group. But for a Superman film, I don't think you can go too dark without breaking what makes Superman Superman. Right. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, Grant, have you got got any thoughts on this? I totally agree. Um, the darkest point you can really go with that is uh, how they went in the uh, the second uh, Superman film. 
Uh, you really, Batman has always been, as it's called, the Dark Knight. I mean, I'm a big Batman fan, always have been. And he was always really the, the dark side of things. But Superman, for me, was always the, the sort of the, the, the yin to Batman's yang, that he was always the the the, uh, the guy of good and always in the he was always in the um in the uh, in the realm of being good and really looking clean and chiselled, and the only way I could I suppose really, despite it being done as an animation, uh, going back to what I said before, I've been blown away by the uh, by the, the Doomsday um, story. I suppose the best way to, to relaunch it is really go come in with a bang and kill off Superman right at the beginning by doing the Doomsday story. It's the it's probably the only way you can after the super, uh, Superman returns to really get the people back into their cinemas now. Mm, so so in a sense both you and Dave are arguing kind of for the same thing of in order to have a good Superman film you got to take away Superman and then bring yeah. him back. Yeah. Mm. Ian, you and I, uh, by virtue of younger members of our families, watch a whole lot of current superhero cartoons and stuff. Is there mm-hmm. anything um, that, that you can think of maybe drawn from either the, that that you've seen or from other sources that, that you would like to see added to the Superman franchise on film? Well, I, I think in order for it to be successful, it's kind of got to look at the competitors. and. Mm-hmm. While 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 I agree that you can't get too dark with Superman, you need to add some gritty realism. He can still be, you know, the you know, the superpowered Boy Scout, but the world in which he lives needs to be more gritty and more realistic. And as I said before, the downfall of Superman Returns was the fact that they could have done so much more with Lex Luthor and did not. Um, they they played him like the Gene Hackman version, which was fine back then. Right. But um, you really, it really could have done with having um, a Lex Luthor who was a, a, a big business tycoon and and had all these resources at, at his disposal and was actually planning on doing something really di- diabolical instead of just creating a landmass which he could sell. Mm-hmm. It, it was bad. It was a bad <laughs> idea. But it, it made him a cartoon villain. Right. Which, when you look at things like like Batman and, and, and the Hulk and Iron Man, what you have is these really evil people. And mm-hmm. he wasn't evil. He just wanted to create new real estate. <laughs> it, right. it, it all hard to that. All just, right. There was there was there was nothing. It's like really that that's it. That's the big the big issue here. Um Right. That, so that, that, there needs to be a, a gritty underbelly to to metropol added to Metropolis uh, in order for, for the next film to succeed there needs to be a problem I mean Batman succeeds because the world in which he lives is a mess Um, but you always get the impression that the world that Superman lives in is really nice and clean and and tidy with the occasional person who rolls into town and and wants to to do something slightly you know slightly melodramatic 
So and it doesn't it doesn't work that way, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Right, so the, you, you would say that there's a fundamental error in the construction of the DC universe by having Metropolis, as it is in comics and as it's always been, uh, revealed to be a city of light, and Gotham, the city of darkness. You'd like to see more shades of gray. Right. Well, I, it's just—it's not that I want to see it. I just think it's the only way it's going to succeed Dramatic. with the way movies are now. I mean, we've just had Watchmen come out. Superman can't Ooh, yeah. really even compete on that level mm-hmm. but it's got to do something to get a little closer to what people are looking for they want some realism and 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 batman is a, a testament to that um we were stuck and mired in that with the 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 80s and 90s batman movies and and now we've actually found success because you know we've got a fallible hero um, we've got this gritty, dark world in which he lives, and people can understand it. You know, people mm-hmm. can't understand this squeaky clean metropolis. It needs to be dirtied up a little. <laughs> ah, I see. I see. Romana's woken up and saying, in fact, that she totally agrees with that. Romana, you want to add anything on the subject of having better villains? Um, well, I can talk quickly. Yeah, I just think the villains in Batman are just more interesting, really. Not that I've seen a lot of Superman, but, um, you know, like the, you know, you've got the Joker and you've got Harley Quinn, you've got, you know, all those kind of, and they're just, I don't know, interesting. Fair enough. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I right. to that point, now, it's uh, yep. the, fact, the difference between uh, the Superman and, and Batman universes is, in Batman, they're all roughly psychotic, whereas right. in the super in the Superman universe, they're all just really evil businessmen and nothing much more than that. I mean, the Batman, <laughs> the point of Batman is that they are really psychotic. So then the right. guy has practically got to be a a, a head doctor to actually work these these uh, his foes out. Right, that's a valid point. All right, uh, about time to play our game. Anybody got any last thoughts on what they'd like to see changed about the Superman franchise? Anyone? Well, only uh, that I uh, give one shout out. I, yep. I'd quite like to see another Supergirl film. Ah, <laughs> oh, that would be good. Good indeed. All right, it's time for our game. There's an idea for a villain for you right there, Wink Martindale. That's who you need to go up against Superman. <laughs> um, all right, what we're going to do in this section is we're going to take uh, some uh, franchises. Almost all of them, except for one, has actually made it over into film. The one that hasn't is almost going to be a film, so we'll leave that one in. And we will try to determine which of the matchups wins, and then we'll match up the matchups. Um, because Dave just said it, I'm going to give him this one. Wonder Woman versus Supergirl. Who do you want? Who do you like? Oh, that's like uh, Sweet Apple Pie against Sexy Vixen. I mean, uh, one day I'd go for one, <laughs> and one day I'd go for the other. Good God. I mean, uh, Wonder Woman, she's more woman. 
<laughs> That's true. You wait That's your turn, true. young lady. Well, You're asking him well, to choose like, between I mean, his cheesecake like, and bottles of wine. I'm a big fan of Sarah Michelle Gellar, but the, when I thought that she was going to be cast as Wonder Woman, I was dreading the thought of that. She's no way she could play it. I mean, Linda Carter uh, filled that costume very well. So, no, um, <laughs> uh, my oh, preference wow. is for the clean-cut girl. Uh, uh, the, the, it's the exact same choice as if you were watching... Um, uh, Saturday Night Fever, would you prefer Sandy in the uh, twin set or would you set Sandy in the black tight trousers? It's one of those decisions and it's, it's a hard one. Petticoats are black trousers. Uh, hot pants are... Um, I'm giving it a lot of thought. I know, I'm sorry sir, I must have an answer. I've gone off on a... You've lost me now. Yeah, I, I'm focusing on the wrong aspect. I think uh, Not necessarily. Supergirl. <laughs> Supergirl. Supergirl wins. All right. Now, Logan, I'm going to give you a hard one just because <coughs> I kind of think. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I think, guys, I jumped <laughs> one week into the future. I, I thought I was on next week's cast. Good Lord. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And for those of you listening, I didn't hear a word of that. You really must read all of this been going on in the chat to fully appreciate that. But nevertheless, <laughs> Logan, <laughs> Catwoman. Here we go. Catwoman versus Electra. Catwoman versus who? Electra. Ooh. Oh, thanks. You're <laughs> yeah, the bottom uh, of the barrel. I was hoping it'd be Green Lantern related. Gee, thanks. Uh, yeah, I know. It would probably be Electra. Really? I mean, just you have a, you have a cat burglar versus a ninja. That's I don't know. She's okay. mighty handy with those with those blades of hers. Fair enough. Tiggs Panther, Iron Man uh-huh. versus Spider Man. Oh, I think mm. it is. Very, very close, but I think it'd have to be Iron Man, just about. Why is that? Even though they only made the one film so far. It was a cool film. And he made, he it made was a very cool film. I'd have to agree. He looked very cool. I think I did, en- I did enjoy, well, certainly um, Spider-Man 1 and 2, but um, I don't know, with... Um, I'm sorry, I like power armor. <laughs> All right. Power armor and flight does it for me, I'm afraid. There I you like go. Spider-Man, but I'm sorry, Iron Man, it just, it's got to be Iron Man, I'm afraid. But it's very close. Charlie, Hulk yes. versus Wolverine. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying this is an easy uh, game. <laughs> uh, Wolverine. Why is that? Yes. Because he's cool. Um, I just, you know, I just, you know, I just like, uh, you know, you know, it's just, you know, the whole, the whole, um, you know, he has, he has like a whole backstory, you know, of, uh, of, uh, you know, him being, you know, him being uh, immortal, well, you know, immortal, but you know, and then he gets, you know, the antimanium claws and just, you know, I just, it's just one of those things I, I like. Well, when I first saw that X-Men cartoon on Fox, and Wolverine came out, and you know, like the the claws came out of his hands, it's like, oh, that's cool. And you know, just you know, there's 
you know, with, with, with Incredible Hulk, you know, you, you get you get mad, and right. then you turn the Hulk. It's like I rather I rather you know have claws come in hand, you know, and you know and do, and do you know the Wolverine Berserker attack than uh, you know get mad and then lose all my clothes and only have purple tights on. So I'll go Wolverine. <laughs> all right, Ian. Uh, here's the tough one: Superman versus Batman. Um. I just have to go with Superman. I love Superman. Always have. Um, Batman's cool and all, but and resourceful and everything. But my first love has always been Superman. Superman can fly. That's awesome. You know, you just there's more to him than. And I, I don't know. It's, it's hard you to explain. You want X-ray vision, don't you? Yes. <laughs> well, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? But I mean, th- actually, you, you you've made a good point there, Dave. And <laughs> Superman, no, Superman encompasses all those things that that as a kid you want. You want to be able to fly. You, you want X-ray vision. You want heat vision. It's it's all those great powers rolled into one guy, and and he's fabulous. Um, Batman's cool and all, and he's resourceful and he's rich and that, but really, he's messed up. <laughs> I mean, really, the guy is seriously psychotic. So Superman went Superman for the win. All right, and, and we should note, <laughs> right? We should note for fairness that virtually everybody else in the room said in chat Batman. Mm-hmm. Which, well, just leave that where it is. Uh, by the way, okay. do we have to think of it's a, a pair for it's you, It's a tricky Garth? choice for me, because it depends how you're talking. If you're talking the Superman movies of my youth, I, it would win any day, but... Yeah, I think Superman would win with me, actually. Because uh, right. I've been watching the the Batman movies recently, and sorry, Superman wins. <laughs> right, can I, I pick two for you, then, Darth? Well, you know what? I will answer as we get into later rounds. How about that? Well, you can always Let's do another one if you've got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead. Give me one. Uh, Silver Surfer or Green Lantern? Green Lantern, period. I mean, without any kind of question, even though Silver Surfer actually... I didn't actually include Green Lantern in this list because he doesn't have any uh, either film or television history except for you know a little bit of animation. But uh, Green Lantern is just infinitely cooler and it comes with a backstory of all the the the, the green lantern core and the whole thing that that movie is gonna rock so green now, lantern darth, huh? darth mm. how could you say he doesn't have any live action didn't you ever see the super friends uh knew, back in the 70s oh <laughs> yeah yeah and, and you know if we were talking about you know batman adam west versus batman christian bale i'd give you batman adam west every time but uh that was a pretty dismal little special. <laughs> now, Logan, I'm going to give you one because I gave you such a crappy one to start with. I'm going to give you another right. one. Don't, wor- don't worry. We've got lots of rounds to come, so it's no big deal. Um, X-Men versus Avengers. Hmm. Well, now a lot of the X-Men were Avengers at different times, like Wolverine. So how are we going well, to – are we just going but, straight team versus team then? Well, I guess we should say we know what the Avengers is going to be and what the cast is going to be. Oh, okay. the cast talking movies, okay. Movies, yeah. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to say Avengers. Okay. I, if, if you're looking at the team up that they may have the Hulk on there, you have Iron Man, you have Captain America. 
I, I think just with the leadership capability, the the power of the Hulk and Iron Man, I think they can they can outdo the uh, the X Men. Okay. Now Wolverine would Wolverine would be a factor, but yeah. they they take him out first. Cool. All right, I Romana, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, Watchmen versus Justice League. Um, I'm such a Watchmen fan, so I have to say Watchmen. All right then. <laughs> Okay, I that's love, the end. Um, Rorschach and Night Owl. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Night Owl is um, pretty fun. Is there anybody Howl- not being asked with audio? Howley would, oh, Howl- so you, me. Howley would love to be asked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll move in now to... That's the end of round one, and we'll get more people into this. So please, because it's um, a little bit hard for me to keep track just in my mind, if you haven't been asked, please let me know, and I'll give you one of these that's coming up. Howling. Would you want to do Howling? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Howling. Howling. No. Howling. Uh, Superman versus Iron Man. Uh, that's a difficult one. Yeah, we're not having them kiss and make up. You've got to pick one. <laughs> no, that's next week's show. <laughs> Please don't. My mind's already in the I'm going to say Superman. Okay. Any particular reason? Uh, just because I actually don't know a little bit from cartoons and stuff. I don't know that much of Iron Man. Okay. Cool. Yeah, to uh, our listeners later, that was Superman, her answer, because of the cartoons <laughs> that she watched. Sorry. Howley, but the sound wasn't that clear. Right. Um, and I think, Tim, I've not asked you one. So, Avengers versus Wolverine. Uh, tricky, because I know nothing about the Avengers, and I didn't see the Wolverine movie. So, uh, throw me another. <laughs> okay, how about... Uh, let's my see what my I... only knowledge of Wolverine comes from the X-Men movie, so based on that, Wolverine. Well, I know mean, nothing about just, your, your knowledge of having seen Wolverine film is the same then as <laughs> as X Men. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah right. I've only seen the X Men movies. I, I missed the Wolverine movie, and based on the rather mixed reviews, I can't say I'll be rushing to buy a Blu Ray of it. Well, I mean, if we tell you that Avengers is going to be what Hulk, Iron Man, Spider Man is it going to be Spider Man? No, Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. Uh, does that? Oh. Does that help you in any way to... That that, may, that gets me excited because there's some good characters there. Yeah. W- would you change your vote at all at this point? I probably would, actually, but I don't know how well it's going to work as a film. I, I know they're pouring a lot of um, hype into it with all these little teaser things, like at the end of the Hulk movie and at the end of Iron Man, they like put a scene where they like put two characters in a room and it kind of means nothing in the movie on its own, but if you know that the hype is building, that's what it's all about, that they're combining all these characters that, um, I don't even know what the future date is, but um, it's going to have to be some threat to need that many superheroes in a movie. Hmm. Okay, so are are we sticking with X-Men or going with, um, I'm sorry, are we sticking with Avengers or going with Wolverine? Uh, based based uh, based on the possibility, the Avengers. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, Logan. <laughs> yes, sir. To, I'm gonna do it to you again, just because it's fun. Elektra versus Supergirl. Supergirl, no doubt. Really? 
I mean, it's a female Superman, and she's better looking. All right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Even if she might be jailbait. Well, she might very well be that indeed. Um, where the, and then, oh, you know what? We have a buy, it appears. Green Lantern gets in on a buy. Very well. Oh, great. Uh, Graham would like a go. Well, Graham, no one can beat Green Lantern, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Graham, all right, since Green Lantern got in on a buy, he goes first this time. Green Lantern or Supergirl? Oh, Green Lantern. Easy. Really? Why yeah. easy? Yeah. It's just uh, Green Lantern. We've never seen too much of her on screen, so really would like to see that. Uh, Supergirl, okay. it was a bit of a... Wet, it, as much as I like sitting there, it's a, it's definitely a brain-disengaged film for Supergirl there, so Green Lantern, definitely through and through. Cool. Um, Ian, back to you. Superman or... Which one went through? The Avengers. No, no, no. Sorry. Superman versus Watchmen. Superman. Um, yeah. So Watchmen in two stages, but Superman. Um, sorry. Nothing beats. <laughs> All right. And, and I mean, we're, 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 we're not including Superman Returns in, in, my, in my vote here. <laughs> Well, okay, that's fair enough. I mean, you can, uh, we're certainly not including Superman 4 in mine, so that's cool. <laughs> um, Benjamin has not been asked at all. He has oh, not, oh. has he? No. Um, I'm kind of losing track of my, my little chart here, so forgive me if I'm... <laughs> I might throw out another one. Um, Benjamin, Avengers versus uh, Supergirl. Now, is this Adventures of Patrick McNee and Diana Rigg or Linda Thorson or <laughs> or is this uh, the comic? Sadly, it is not Diana Rigg. Uh, okay. No, this is, yeah. Did you say Adventures <laughs> versus Supergirl? Yeah. Supergirl. Wow. <laughs> Why? Well, I think that most of the Avengers characters are superheroes in their own right and have ability to get through in their own series. And, they, and I think that it's more interesting to have one character having to work it out and having to use her wits than having a whole gang. That it's You'd have to have a really unusual story for a whole gang to really be needed for a film, whereas you have more scope of stories for an individual person. Hmm. Good point. Uh, okay, well, we come into, and I don't know how we ended up with three. I think I may have well, made a mistake. Go ahead, Dave. Can I ask a general one? How about, you, yeah. two you haven't asked yet, Flash against Aquaman? Well, I mean, there you come into the thing of, uh, I mean, Flash may be fair enough because they are, they're rumblings of actually developing something. Aquaman, uh, I, I don't know that they're ever going to get around to that, but I mean, it, Clearly, it would be Flash, to me, at least, that wins that. Because, you know, what can you do with a guy whose powers are under sea? Yeah. Eventually, we might be able to do something with that as we get better and better special effects, and you can actually situate the thing entirely underwater. Then that would be cool. But until we get to the point where you can have the entire film take place underwater, I don't know. In your CGI. But you could argue that there's problems with Flash because he does everything in a flash, but you've got to show it at a speed people can see it. He so did it on TV. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, but it's an equivalent problem. One, you've got to 
show him underwater. The other one, you've got to sh- show him convincingly slowed down. Right. Well, but the thing about Flash, too, is that he has, depending on which version of the character you talk about, he brings with him a whole set of uh, interesting ancillary characters and uh, brings with him some, some villains as well. He's got the biggest villain gallery, rogues gallery, of anybody in the DCU. So you've got some drama there that doesn't depend necessarily on just moving fast. Well, let me give you a better comparison then. Flash against the Invisible Man. Invisible Man's not a comic book hero. Oh, but he's not the film. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. Didn't, he did not. Didn't he originate. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Exactly. Well, My point. I mean, well, but... Uh, <laughs> the point is, Flash can go like that. I suppose. He'll never find the Invisible Man, will he? And, and it was a movie, but Flash would kill him anyways. Well, that's true. But, I mean, at the end of the day, that, that character in League of... Extraordinary Gentleman still originates not in comic books. Anyway, um, we now are down, I guess, to four. I guess we'll count the Flash thing as being our fourth. Um, so, uh, la, 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 I don't know. Logan, Green Lantern, Flash. Green Lantern. You knew that was coming, didn't you? I knew that was coming, but, I, <laughs> but I mean, there is still a bit of hesitation there, because... Uh, yeah, it's getting more difficult. It is getting well, I, I could see them doing a team-up movie actually eventually, but um, right. Same thing. I, I watched the Green Lantern or the uh, Flash series. I think a movie would pretty much be just a rehash right now. And Green Lantern, I'm just anticipating it. Hmm. And can you imagine that in 3D? You're wearing glasses where one's a red lens and one's a green lens. Wow. Yeah, you could see a big green hand coming off the screen for you too. <laughs> That's very true. Um, Charlie, you get a big one. All right. Go into the final two. Superman, yeah. Supergirl. Ooh. Ooh. Superman. Mastiel. <laughs> I know, it's just, it's just, it's just instinct. Yeah, I don't right. know. I mean, if they ever make another Supergirl movie, I'll, I'll go see it, but I'm, I'm going to stick, stick to my gun say Superman. Cool. Yeah. Well, that, wash is the last one. That leaves us with just one more, and I'm. Is there anybody I haven't asked recently? Oh, can't I, quite. <laughs> Tim, if, la- if it's the last pairing, should we all be asked it? Okay. Yeah. We'll all be asked it, and the last pairing is Superman versus Green Lantern. <laughs> Green Lantern. Uh, I, Green Lantern. <laughs> He hasn't had films yet. He should get turned. Superman. 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 Yeah, Superman. Superman. I don't know enough about Green Lantern to say otherwise. It's Mm. a tough one, though. Very tough one. It is tough, and as Ben points out, I mean, the point is, Green Lantern really hasn't had any films, and so there's not really too much to judge on. Hmm. And plus, how many Green Lanterns have there been? Well, but that's sort of the point of the organization is that there can be tons. But right. that, but, but it's but, a, yeah. Go ahead. Then then okay, you're gonna make a choice between um, you know uh, a McDonald's cheeseburger and a hot dog. But who's hot dog? Um, you know, uh, Superman is always Superman. He's the fixed point, as it were. 
you know, Green Lantern, you've got numerous directions you could go with it and without kind of tying it down to a particular incarnation. It's, it's the same with The Flash. It's like, you know, well, you know, are you going with Wally West or, or what, you know? Right. So th- that's the difficulty there. I mean, but I, I mean, I'd still choose Superman, but you know, that's the difficulty with the Green Lantern is it could be anybody. And it matters somewhat, at least to comic book fans, which one that you choose to do. Now, we know that the one that's actually coming out is going to be Hal Jordan. But, uh, you know, there are people like me who really don't like that choice. I mean, I I would much prefer it to be Jon Stewart than to be um, Hal Jordan. But we're going to get what we're going to get. (laughs) Oh, come on now. Let's let's see a Guy Gardner film. Come on. Guy Gardner. Good Lord. Well, but see, I, and I wouldn't mind if it was Hal Jordan leading. Like, I would, wouldn't mind if it were a Green Lantern Corps deal. But, um, you know, it doesn't look like that's what we're going to get. The, per- the positive side of a Green Lantern film is that you could change the actor out as often as you wanted to. That's true. So if you've got one guy that sort of doesn't want to play along, then you just get the next guy in. Very Doctor Who-ish. That's true. Exactly. Yep. Just without the really good generation. All right. Well, guys, we're at uh, uh, an hour and 36 or maybe two hours, depending on how you count the time. Um, it only ever seems like two hours. Oh, I know. Um, anybody, have any la- anybody have any last thoughts about, uh, general thoughts about things that they've liked in superhero movies or things that they've disliked? Yeah, uh, can I just ask why? There's a couple of people that have been in films that you didn't mention at all. I mean, were they right. left out for a reason? Like, uh, is it the Panther or? Um, no, I mean, I, I, basically, I was trying only to get a, a format that would allow no buys and thing. And I was looking really just for for originally uh, eight mat- four matchups so that you could quickly go through and arrive at a winner. It, it wasn't an exhaustive list at all. It wasn't trying to be. Right. Oh, yeah, it was good that you pointed out Flash, but there's another Flash that was basically missed out, who has actually been in lots of films. It's Flash Gordon, who's one of the original superheroes, as far as well as far as I was concerned, and uh, Buck Rogers as well. Fair enough. Yeah. Flash. Oh. <laughs> exactly. We can only count Buck Rogers. Oh, got to count Twiggy. Biddy, biddy, biddy. What's up, Buck? <laughs> Yes. Oh, boy. Right. I, I think we've reached the natural end of the show. Any time the Twiggy impersonations come out, we have indeed reached the end of the show. <laughs> well, thank you very much, our uh, own special superhero, Mr. Darth Skeptical. Yes, thank, thank you very you. much for a very enjoyable uh, debate and show. Thank you, guys, very much. Yeah. And I guess uh, next week we'll be turning it over to Romana. Yes, for oh, a very special episode of the <laughs> yeah, Collective Podcast. Do you want Do you want to give us a little you a you certificate trailer, just to say uh, <laughs> what you can expect? But you certificate. What? Well, what? I mean, you a, you PG. a PG statement <laughs> preview. A PG statement. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, you kind of put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> well, next week's show is going to be about all things Slash, which is um, pairings of a romantic nature in fandom. Um, most of them are made up. Um, most of them aren't canon, but um, they're written about endlessly by fangirls and made, you know, stuff about and stuff. And we're going to be talking about that. So about all the different types, where it started, how it started, all the different types of slash out there, the different types of pairings as well, some examples, as well as some of um, the creative pursuits that said um, slash fan, fans um, create, such as fan fiction and fan art. And then we'll open it for questions. So there is some intelligent discussion. Uh, and how it is going to be helping you out with that one, is that right? Yes. Hallie's going to be helping out with me. Um, right, let me just unmute for a minute. Um, uh, Hallie, do you want to add anything to that? She went for a week. Oh, no. oh she's back now, sorry. She just called you Hallie Wee. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, what's on the Flash show next week for the listening public? Okay, uh, I take it you, you we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, leave it at that. Okay, so thanks very much. We're looking forward to that. On the Mighty Bush side of it. <laughs> of Good. Clash fandom. We're looking forward to that. Hopefully, we won't have the technical issues that plagued us slightly at the beginning. Um, no. I'm going to just ask Graham a short question and play his trailer uh, as, yes. at the end. So, Ian, you had anything you want to include <laughs> before we go to that? Actually, um, yes, I do. Um, just a brief little thing to, to lead us out of the show. Um, of course, join us next week, uh, where I will be fanning Dave profusely to uh, because he will be blushing rather <laughs> rather a lot, I'm sure, during the show. Um, oh, yeah. I I would like to issue a huge huge thank you to all the people out there in listening land who have been downloading our show this week. At the end of the week, which uh, is midnight on Saturday, the Golden Collective podcast had, for last week's episode, 100 downloads. We finally Yay. reached 100. Um, all of ours have kind of teetered on, on that as, as we've um, moved forward. Uh, but uh, this week was the first week that we actually reached 100 downloads for the first week of, of an episode being out there. Um, so thank you to all you people out there who are listening to us. There are days I wonder what kind of minds you have. <laughs> but we do very much appreciate everybody out there who uh, who, who downloads and listens to us uh, during the week. And, and I hope to get to see more people. Yes, and to add to that, of course, there were all the live listeners, and of course, each week uh, the early shows are gaining uh, people who are listening. So that total will over time probably double or treble or whatever because um, uh, these shows are up here forever. So remember what they say, uh, you know, might come back to haunt you. But, um, <laughs> or bite you in the backside. Well, that's <laughs> another way of putting it, certainly. He would be a real superhero. What's your skill? Well, I can bite my own backside. I mean, that's going to be a real <laughs> useful thing. <laughs> Right. Well, I don't know if he's going to be blushing next show. He's doing pretty good at his own. Bomb Bites of Avengers. Fan Slash. 
<laughs> okay. Um, okay. It's not all guys. <laughs> Let me thank everybody in the room for taking part. Uh, just to remind you that Ian and myself uh, will be doing um, an, another studio show, uh, finishing off and rounding up about the Hooverville report. We'll do it in sort of, it will be one programme, but the first sort of 20 minutes will be chatting, and the last 20 minutes will be the actual uh, replay of the recorded uh, uh, thing uh, originally recorded by Am Adam from Staggering Stories, so we thank him for allowing us to make use of that. Um, and um, I'm just going to finish the show now by asking Graham uh, Jokerfile to just give us a brief intro to his uh, Professor Howe trailer that we're going to end the show on. Uh, so, Graham, any, anything you want to set this up for us? Right, um, Professor Howe, it was just a few ideas I had for a Doctor Who parody and uh, as I really couldn't get any any sort of voice down for Hartnell I started with the Troughton era and um, only just got the voice down for a future possible uh, Pertwee era so um, that's the basis, so it's basically uh, it's a twisted version of Doctor Who in another reality Enjoy! Seems to be recording. We're being chased by Alan women and you only listen to a record. No, Jimmy, I'm sending a recording. Hey, never mind. <clears throat> I'm the professor, and this is my companion, for the lack of a better word. Hey! I'm here to tell you that somehow a recording of my adventures has ended up as a podcast on iTunes. You'll be no getting me in any pod. Jimmy, please, now. <clears throat> Someone has sent me a message that it sounds a little like a parody of a time-travelling Doctor. Doctor Who? I don't know which Doctor. <coughs> now, the recording is called Professor Howe, and like I said, it's on iTunes, or on TalkShoe ID 59601. Professor, the analog women are coming! Gooey, dearie! And in the oh no, Jimmy, give me the video spanner so I can enter his calling. I... Sorry, I jumped in too early there. In the interest <laughs> of fairness, Logan, do you just want to give a quick shout out to your show, and then we'll end the recording. Well, every <clears throat> sorry, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, I have Logan's run the podcast. Tonight we're looking at the movie Nine that just came out, produced by Tim Burton. We'll be having a game review on the Beatles rock band. And tonight, if you hadn't, if you weren't aware of this, is the series finale of King of the Hill. So we'll be talking about that. And I will be introducing a new uh, member to my team tonight. So that's Talk Show ID 49899 at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Excellent. And as always, we're the Cult of the Collective, Talk Show ID 54821. <laughs> and don't forget to check out the Cult of the Collective Chronicles at cultdom.com. Okay, Ian? Should we say goodbye? Okay. Yes, um, if you would unmute oh. our uh, two muted members so we can all say goodbye together. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Dave. Cheers. And everybody, all at once. One, two, three. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>